Welcome, everyone. It is Friday, and we have made it to day five in our epic journey through 30 scriptures. 30 days, 30 scriptures. This is day five, and it begins right now. Welcome, everyone. This is the Theology Central Podcast. It is Friday, June the 17th, 2022. It is currently 1.19 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Well, we've made it to day five, and I think we've been somewhat successful. Maybe, obviously, this is never going to be the most popular series I've ever done. Obviously, I'm not getting tons of feedback. I understand that, but I still, I am still somewhat happy that we've made it to day five because when I started, I didn't know exactly when everything was going to fall apart. It hasn't fallen apart yet, but trust me, it's coming. The train wreck is coming. I don't know when it's going to happen. Things are going to just fall apart at some point because what I'm trying to do it's, it's kind of crazy, but I hope you have enjoyed the journey so far. And whenever the train wreck happens, whenever I crash, whenever thing turns into a dumpster fire, I want you to say, well, you had a good run. You, you made it seven days. You made it eight days. You made it nine days, and then it just fell apart. But at least you gave it that good, what do we call it? That good college try is, is, is why, why is a try why is it? Why is a try connected to college? I mean, you don't try in high school. You don't try, but I, I don't know. Maybe it sounds more important. That good college try. That probably sounds more important than that good elementary school <laughs> try. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, but we have been trying to do something. If you are brand new, welcome. You're, you're you're five days late, but but that's okay. That's okay. You can catch up. Here's what we're doing. Many years ago, Charles Stanley wrote a book called 30 Life Principles. I saw that book and thought, oh, this could be pretty interesting. 
30 life principles. I could write those principles down and I could look at them and memorize them and meditate on them and then see what scripture that he took each principle from. And then I could kind of focus on those scriptures and it it should be very helpful and edifying and help me in my spiritual life and my spiritual growth. I'm like, okay, great. Well, from the very first moment that I started looking at the 30 Life Principles book and study guide and and listening to many of the sermons in the sermon series, I was kind of like, I'm just not seeing this. How is he getting this principle from that scripture? I just don't see it. And I would work and work and go, you know, I, I don't agree with all of Charles Stanley's theology by no means, but I mean, he's been preaching far longer than I've, well, than I am. Pre- I mean, he's preached for over 50 years. He has to know, he has to know more than I do. So there, I, it's got to be with me. The disconnect has to be in my brain that I'm just not seeing his great you know, biblical interpretation here. And that these verses really do prove these principles. I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. In many cases, I would just give up, but for some reason, I could not leave it alone. So I picked up the books not too long ago. We did kind of a mini series on them. And I'm like, well, I've got to, I've got to do something. I, I bought all of these books many years ago and I've never really gotten, I've never really gotten everything out of them. I don't know if it bothers you. I'm not one of those people who like buy a book and then just, I don't know, either don't read all of it or it just sits on your shelf. I've got to get, I want to get everything I can out of every book I've ever purchased or ever owned. And, and, and I've got to do something with them that I think will be valuable. So I'm like, okay, this is it. 2022, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the 30 Life Principles book. I'm going to take those principles. I'm going to give everyone the principle. And I'm just going to take the one scripture that Charles Stanley says, this is the scripture that this principle supposedly came from. And I'm just going to look at that scripture. We're going to talk about it and we're going to see what principles we can take from that scripture that probably is going to be extremely different than the principle that Charles Stanley said came from that verse. And we're, and, but we're going to do this in a very impromptu way. I'm not going to do any previous study. I'm just going to open the book, look at the principle, say, here's the principle, here's the scripture. We're going to ignore context and just see what we can do. One, it'll be fun. It'll be challenging. It'll be, it's going to make me a little nervous because again, I'm, I'm trying to do this live on the air with no prep, no, just, just doing it live. And hopefully it will encourage other people to participate. So that's what we've been trying to do. We've looked at four principles, four scriptures, four days, and I'm not going to go back and review any of them. That's what you have to do. You have to go back and listen to this entire series. So get to it. I, I, I think, I think you will, I hope you'll, hopefully you'll find it fun and challenging because you can sit there and look at the scripture and see what you can take from it. But the hermeneutical principle that I think we have really established, well, this is, uh, d- this is day five and the previous four days, I think what we have established clearly, a very important hermeneutical principle, and I'm going to repeat this now, probably from now till we're done with this series, all right? I want you to listen to me. Charles Stanley, it, I cannot dogmatically prove this, but it feels to me that he had the principle, and then he just looked for scriptures that he thought would somehow prove or support the principle. In other words, he had the principle, then he went to the scriptures. 
And I believe that's the wrong approach. I believe we start with scripture and then what principles arises from the study of those scriptures, though that's how we get the principle. We don't come up with an ideology, a belief, a principle, a system, a a theological system, and then run to scriptures for proof texting. No, because you can find scriptures that you can somehow twist and try to make them fit your supposed idea or principle. You start with the scriptures. And I believe if he would have started with these scriptures, he never would have arrived at some of these principles. I just, I just don't know how you would, I don't know how you could even get, get near them. So we have not, we've been giving more than just one principle per day. Four days, so far I have given you 10 principles, and hopefully you're writing them down, and we will share all of our principles at the end. But are you ready for day five? Principle number five. Okay, no, it won't be principle number five. We're going to go day five, scripture number five, but we will start by looking at the principle Charles Stanley gave us for day five or for life principle number five. Now, remember, I'm just giving you his principle. We're setting it aside. We're not trying to prove it. We're not even really trying to argue against it, but I just want you to hear, here's the principle he gives. Here's the scripture he gives to support it. And I think as soon as we start reading the scriptures, typically we're like, well, okay, forget that principle. What principle can we come up with? But are you ready? Here we go. Here was the principle, life principle number five. As appears in Charles Stanley's book, 30 Life Principles, he also has the Life Principles Bible. All right, here we go. God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it, even if it seems unreasonable. God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it, even if it seems unreasonable. Now, this is a principle that I think is actually really good. I don't know if the scripture he offers here is going to support it, but there's some of the principles I just have major issues with. This one makes some sense. God does not require you to understand everything about his will. God doesn't uh, require you to to, to understand it. What What he wants is that you are to obey it, even if it seems unreasonable. We can't look at God's word and try to determine, because that's how we determine his will is through his word, not through some inner voice or some feeling. When I go to his word and go, well, God calls me to do this, or God wants me to do this, or he prohibits that, it, it may not make any sense. And I may not truly completely understand it. My job is to obey it, even if it seems unreasonable, because it's God's will. It's not my will. And he is the creator. All right. So, but are you ready for the scripture? Here we go. According to Charles Stanley, he took this principle from, again, another Old Testament book, the book of Joshua this time, chapter 3, verse 8. Here we go. Now, I get nervous whenever we do this because I've got to look at it and it's just instantaneously on the spot without any prep, try to figure out what we're going to do with it. It would be different if it was... um like a live audience in front of me. I mean, there's a live audience listening online, but I'm saying like in church, there's people sitting in the pew because I'm like, okay, everyone, here is the scripture that I can say, what do we do with this, right? And as soon as I say that, they they start looking and they start thinking and may, they, be, they may be throwing out suggestions, which gives, which gives me ample time to start processing my thoughts. But here I'm live on the air. So all I can do is like, okay, here's the scripture, Let's read it. 
then I can read it again. And then I can, I can just, I just have to try to come up with some things to say as my mind is scrambling going, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? What you're live on the air. Don't mess this up, man. There's no safety net. There's no edit button. You've got to come up with something. I don't, I love that pressure, but it is, it, 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 it is a little nerve wracking, right? Here we go. Joshua chapter three, verse eight, Joshua chapter three, verse eight. And thou shalt and thou shalt command the priest that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. <laughs> that that's that's the verse. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, now one of the things I said I was going to try not to do is I was going to try to ignore the context, right? I said I'm gonna to try to ignore the context. This one, we, we, what we may have to do is we may have to rely a little bit on the actual study guide for the life principles to see what he at least tries to do with this. I think I get the idea, but here we go. So let me read it again. And thou shalt command the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So, Hey, uh, if I go back to verse seven, I'm going to try to at least give us a little bit of context. Joshua three, seven. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel that they may know that I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So God tells Joshua, you tell the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, that when you come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you're going to stand in it. Right? Yeah, I know. Someone just said, I think we need a little bit more context. I, I did not want to do that. And the reason I'm trying to avoid looking at the context is because of, of this reason. Because if I start looking at the context, then this is not going to be 30 scriptures in 30 days. This is going to be 300 scriptures and 30 years, okay? I mean, it just, it'll just start. So I've got to try to restrict the context as much as possible. So I may utilize what's actually here in the study guide that I have in front of me to see if he provides any kind of context or explanation. But I, I at least this seems, I have enough familiarity with the story that I can see where the principle that he came, that he took from this comes from. It makes sense, right? God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it. Hey, priest, you've got the Ark of the Covenant. Go, go. And we're trying to cross the Jordan. Go stand in the in the Jordan. Wait, what? Wait, you want us to just go stand in the Jordan carrying the Ark of the Covenant? Yes. Just go do that. That doesn't seem to make any sense. But we are to obey even when it does not make any sense. Yeah. Most important, it, do, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense because sometimes it goes against what we want and what we desire. Let's see what they have to say here, okay? Now, they said if you look at Joshua 3, the chapter, what were the people to look for when crossing the Jordan? Well, if we go to, uh, if we go to Joshua chapter 3, oh boy, this is going to be hard to try to do this. Let's start in verse 1. All right, Joshua 3, verse 1. Oh, man, this is going to be hard. Okay, I've got, I've, got, I've got to try my best not to start trying to expound all of this. So I'm not going to be able to explain everything. See, oh, I hate even saying that. I feel like I'm committing some crime, but here we go. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. And Joshua arose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, 
he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. So the people, what they are to look for is when you see the priest and you see them carrying the Ark of the Covenant, that's when you know it's time to go. So that's what they were to be looking for. Then you look at verse 4. Yet uh, there shall be a space between you and it about, uh, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way uh, heretofore. All right, so, hey, leave some space because you definitely need to see the ark because that the priest in the ark is going to be the direction you need to go. So you've got to pay close attention to it. You've never been this way before, and you've got to know which direction to go. All right, now, according to the study guide, they say this. The Jordan normally has many fording places, but this episode takes place during the grain harvest when the spring rains and the melting snow from Mount Hermon would have flooded the Jordan's banks, making it completely impassable. Also, enemies and bees such as vipers, scorpions, crocodiles, and panthers could hide in the overgrown brush along the banks. All right, so according to the, to the study guide, this would have been a time where crossing it could have been somewhat treacherous somewhat dangerous. So stay back. You need to see exactly where they go, seems to be the concept here. All right, verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Verse 6. And Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. So they take it up, they go before the people, all right? Uh, okay, and then, let me see here, do they, they have something here? All right, yeah, they, they do some things with, they, they do a couple of things here that I'm going to try to ignore because I don't want to get sidetracked. All right, then starting at verse seven, and the Lord said to Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel that they may know that I was with, Mo that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So he's get, so God is going to use this situation to make sure the people know, hey, I was with Moses, I'm with Joshua. I was guiding and directing Moses, I'm going to guide and direct Joshua. So follow him, listen to him. All right, makes sense in the historical context. All right. Uh, then starting in verse 8, and thou shalt command the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Verse 9, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the, the Gergashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel. All right, then they go through. So basically, hey, the priests are going to walk into the Jordan. That's who you're going to follow. And, we're, and, and basically, this is going to be the idea that God is bringing us into the land. 
you trust him, he's going, and that these people are to be driven out, this is what you are called to do. Now, it still seemed to me, it seems to me, a really odd choice of a verse to choose to prove this point. It, it, it really does. Um, yeah, they. I'm looking here at anything else they have to say. The, that are... That don't that don't really do much here with this. They don't really do much with this. So so here we go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to the life principle. God does not require us to understand His will; just obey it, even if it seems unreasonable. the The scripture that supposedly proves it is Joshua three eight. I told you this, that some of these are going to be just really difficult, and I'm not going to know what to do with them. The previous verses were just perfect. You could just literally break them down and pull the principle from it. This one, and thou shalt command the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. There's nothing to break down in that verse. This verse is this verse describes a historical situation and describes what they did and to try to say what I can take from it, I the, ver, the verse doesn't just allow me to specifically take things from it. It's speaking about the priest and what they are called to do. If I'm going to try to pull from it a principle, even then it, it's not specifically right there. The story is somewhat interesting. You think that they would have possibly, you could, couldn't you have pulled maybe from the Exodus? I wonder why he pulled from this. It, it seems to be far less dramatic, right? Hey, when, uh, look, when the priests move, you move. The priests go into the water, stand back so that you can see them and you follow them. You go with them. And th- there you go. I, I, I there, there's the, so, so they took the principle, God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it, even if it seems unreasonable. Now, they don't really do a great job here trying to demonstrate what makes this so unreasonable. Um, if we, if we go, okay, if, if we continue reading, let's look at uh, Joshua three twelve. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. And it, shall, and it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, that the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the apostles. And as they that bear the ark were come uh, unto Jordan, and their feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water for Jordan overfloweth all the banks all the time of harvest. So it does seem to be they have a, a correct understanding of the historical setting. This was a time where the rivers would have been flooded, so it wouldn't have been easy to cross. All right, so that would have made sense. He's going to sense kind of a repeat and a much smaller scale, the same miracle that happened in the Exodus with the Red Sea, which is something far more dramatic and amazing. This is in a smaller scale, but I, it's all being done to demonstrate to the people, hey, as I was with Moses, I'm with Joshua. See, so you can follow Joshua because, well, I am leading and guiding here, okay? Uh, 
Verse 16, uh, that the waters were come down from above, stood and rose upon the heap very far from the city of Adam, that is besides uh, Zeratan, uh, and those that came down towards the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, fell and were cut off, and the people passed right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. So he performs a miracle. The purpose of the miracle is to show Israel, I'm with Joshua, just like I was with Moses. Very simple historical lesson here. Now, what can I take from it? I don't know. I mean, is it that dramatic? Hey, priest, go stand into the Jordan. Now, was it, was it like, oh, I, I don't know. Was, was the possible, I'm trying to figure out how, okay, this, this was something like, this makes absolutely no sense. Is it possible because they were carrying the ark? Just, just, just stay with me here. See if this makes any sense. Is it possible that kind of what made no sense and so the last thing you would want to do is obviously drop the ark or not touch it in an improper way. They had to, they had to use the sticks that, they, that they're used, you know, to, to, to carry it. Is it a situation where, hey, guys, you're going to go walk into the water with it? And you'll be like, wait, why? Why do I want to walk in the water with it? We could lose our footing, be swept away by the current. The ark could fall over. No, you're going to walk into it because, well... When you get into it, then I'm going to part it. In other words, I'm not going to part it before you get into it. You're going to walk into it, then part, then part it. So in a sense, everyone focuses on that fact and just say, see, 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 that's, that's how we have to trust God. We got to step into the water before God does something. We, we, we got to, and, and, and so some people like you have to just, trust God and walk into the situation, and then God's going to part the waters and fix the situation. Sometimes we get really crazy with these historical narratives, and I think we do some 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 damage. I think it's safer to kind of go with the direction at least Stanley does for this principle, that in this particular case, they were to obey God, even if it did not seem to make sense. Even if it seemed unreasonable, they were to obey. Now, it doesn't mean that, hey, look, you're facing this situation. You just walk into it and boom, God's going to part the Jordan. God's going to part the Red Sea. He's going to fix your problem, fix your marriage. Everything's going to be wonderful. It doesn't work that way. And so many times people take these historical narratives and preach them as an established promise and fact for everyone, which can lead to lots of discouragement when you don't experience what everyone keeps telling you you should. I think the focus is this. Remove it from the historical situation and put it in your context or my context. We have God's word. God's word tells us what to do and what not to do. Tells us what's right and tells us what's wrong. Our job is in a sense to step into the word of God, step into what it says, even if it seems unreasonable even if it seems unreasonable, even if we don't like it, we are to, even if it doesn't make any sense, doesn't make any sense for me to forgive my enemies. It doesn't from a human perspective. Oh, you can try to say, well, if you don't forgive your enemies, you'll be eaten up with bitterness. You can try to make it a pragmatic explanation, but it doesn't seem to make any sense to turn the other cheek 
Don't seek vengeance. Let vengeance be the Lord. There's so many different things in the Bible. You're like, you know, deny yourself what you want. There's so many things in the Bible that doesn't make any sense. And we've talked about that all the time. I think that this story, again, it's not the most dramatic. I mean, it's the Jordan. It's not the Red Sea. They're not, there's not an army chasing them. Hey guys, the priests are going to walk into the water with the Ark of the Covenant. That may have been somewhat, maybe that was more of a shocking concept than I'm letting on. Maybe it was like, wait, wait, you can't do that because you could slip and fall or, or the Ark could fall over. Maybe it was a little concerning, but hey, this is what you're going to do. The land's going to dry up and you're going to walk across on dry land because the water is going to be parted. Again, that's a historical situation. We can't say, well, God's going to part the waters that you have to cross. That's just, I think, a horrible application. The point is they obeyed. There was a situation there. They had to obey something that they probably didn't quite understand. And it probably seems somewhat unreasonable. So I think we may stick with this principle. God does not require us to understand, just obey, even if it seems unreasonable. Right? I, I'm going to put it, I'm going to write it down this way. Right? I'm going to put it this way. Um, because I don't, I don't necessarily like God does not require us to understand. I think we're called to seek to understand. I'm going to say this. Um, We must, you see, we must, we must seek to follow and obey God's word even if even if we do not understand it okay uh, so we must I, I know doing this in real time but that's okay we must seek and and again I, I throw these out in real time and everyone especially people on the discord channel and anywhere else you can you can take it and rewrite it and you can say I think this this is this sounds better and you're probably gonna be a hundred percent right because I have to do this in real time right we must seek to follow and obey God's word even if we do not understand it and if it seems unreasonable. I'm kind of borrowing from theirs and, and, and because I think it, I don't like that. God does not require us to understand. Now they say God does not require us to understand his will. Charles Stanley has this really kind of, I, I, I think a really charismatic influenced teaching on will that I don't necessarily agree with. So I'm going to, I'm going to strip it of that because I think God calls us to understand. He calls us to study. He calls us to, he calls us to, you know, rightly divide the word of truth. I mean, I, I, I think that there is a kind meditate on his word day and night. I think there's kind of a call and an expectation to seek understanding. I don't think it's like, well, you know, even if I don't understand it, I just obey it. I think, I think we're called to understand it to the best of our ability, knowing it's limited. I think the most important thing to take here, we must seek and fo- we must seek to follow and obey God's word, even if we do not understand it and if it seems 
completely unreasonable. I think that is a principle we have to, I think everyone has to write down because, because I hear it constantly, like, right? Like, and you can just, you can think of all the different situations where it shows up. Think of situations in your life where God's word did not, you didn't either understand it or it didn't make any sense to you. It seemed unreasonable and you chose your path. You chose your direction and opposition to it. This happened anytime I preach a message somewhere in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, love your enemy, turn the other cheek. And I'm, and I call into question maybe guns and killing people. And, and, and I, I call any of that into question. Because I think you have to address some of those issues and those passages. I almost always get within seconds someone saying, well, come on, that doesn't make any sense. Come on, you can't believe Jesus would be telling us not, you know, not to do this or turning the other cheek. Just they have to start trying to explain it away. And I understand why, because it, we don't seem to understand what Jesus is saying. And it seems completely unreasonable. You, you can go from countless scriptures and you're like, well, I, I don't know. And you, and you'll want to explain it away. And I'm with you. I'm with you. I may not want to explain away the scriptures you want to explain away. I've got my own. I've got my own saying, I don't, why? Why is that a rule? Like that doesn't make any sense. I can't do that. I'm condemned if I do that. Well, why in the world? Why? Why? I mean, I could say, well, if I look at a woman with lust, I'm guilty of, of, of sexual sin, even though I don't do anything or touch anything. Well, I, I, I'm created with these desires. That does, that's, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter. I can try to explain it away. This doesn't matter. This is where a lot of times the issues with the LGBTQ community, and I can understand. Well, wait a minute. I didn't choose the this this same-sex attraction. I've just had it forever. Okay. You can say you're born that way. Okay. I, I can't say that you're not born that way because I don't know you and we're all born sinners. So it's a very good possibility. You could be born that way. I don't know why Christians argue against that. We're all born sinners. So, all right. The thing is, I, I'm born a sinner and God condemns, well, sin, even though I'm born a sinner. Me being born a certain way does not explain away or excuse that desire or that action. So being born a certain way is irrelevant, but I can understand why they would be like, wait a minute, that, I don't understand that. That seems unreasonable. I agree. Seems unreasonable to me that I'm born a sinner, yet I'm condemned for sin. I didn't choose to be a sinner. I was born a sinner. Seems unreasonable to me. So like, if you want to make it, if you want to change God's word because it's unreasonable to you, well, then I want to change God's word because it's unreasonable to me. You're like, well, I was born with same-sex attraction. I was born with opposite sex attraction. So if your same sex attraction is ex is excusable, then my opposite sex attraction is excusable. Then it, at some point then you just throw out everything because there's all, there's for every individual there's always that line. Right? Think of it this way. Now, just bear with me. I'm going to use this as an allegory. I'm not saying this is the purpose of the text. I'm just using it to as a type, as an allegory. For every one of us in your Christian life, you're going to be walking with God and there's going to be the Jordan River. And that Jordan River is going to represent something that seems to go against 
God's will, God's word, God, it, it, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to you, right? You're like, wait, that's wrong? Wait, I can't do that? Wait, you're telling me that's how I must think? You're not going to like it. And God's going to say, nope, you walk into it. You go walk into it. You, st- you step into it and obey it and follow me. And you're going to be like, nope, I, nope, I need, you to, I need you to dry that up so that it's uh, much more to my liking. And God's like, nope, you, you walk into it. And you're going to make a decision at that point. Am I, going to, am I going to follow God? Am I going to obey his word, even if I don't understand and even if it's unreasonable? Now, many times, you know what we're going to do? We're going to like, forget that. Forget it. I'm not walking into it. I'm not walking into the Jordan. Nope. I'm going to go find another way around and I'm going to, I'm going to go do exactly what I want to do. And, and trust me, I've done it a million times in my Christian life. You've done it a million times in your Christian life. Okay. Maybe a million is a little bit of hyperbole, but you get, okay. For me, not hyperbole. Okay. Probably, probably a million is uh, an understatement. Too many times in my Christian life, I'm like, mm, I don't, Okay, uh, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to find a way, I'm going to build a bridge and I'm going to cl- cl- uh, cr- walk right over that and I'm going to move on with my Christian life and I'm not going to obey that. I'm not going to walk in to, the, to, the, to that Jordan. That Jordan becomes symbolic of whatever it is that God's telling you to obey, to follow, even though it makes no sense. Hey, you're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Don't drop it, don't touch it. But I want you to walk into the Jordan. Where it's currently flooded. Wait, what? I can drop it. Just go do it. And then you walk into it, boom, everything dries up and you get across. Okay? Because that was God's will. That was God's word. That was what he wanted them to do. That's the historical narrative. For me, I find those times where I get close and I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to walk into that. I, I don't. No, no. And I go around it and I avoid it because I'm going to go do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it how I want to do it. And sooner or later, sometimes in your Christian life, it may take two, three, four, five years, 10 years, you come circling back around and there's the same river. There's the Jordan still waiting for you. Hey, at some point, you got to walk into this. And you're like, I don't want to walk. Take me to somewhere else. No, we, this, is, this is still an issue in your Christian life. This is still an issue. You're going to have to deal with it. I think that, that that makes sense, right? Joshua 3.8, I know the verse doesn't like, I, I like verses that I can break apart, go here's number one, here's number two. I, I can't, this is just like, hey, the priests were told to walk into it and they walked into it and stand in the Jordan carrying the Ark of the Covenant. All right, a little bit of context gives us at least an idea. The river's flooded. Now, if you go look at all the different rules about the Ark of the Covenant, remember when it got ready to fall one time and someone touched it and they died and, you know, the different ways they were to carry it. I mean, it seemed like not something you would want to drop. So I think that that has to be at least part of the story or it doesn't like, like big deal. Just walk, stand and you're carrying the Ark. That has to be the, the thing that doesn't make any sense here to them in their minds. So I have to look at it that the Jordan is that thing that I'm called to stand in, to, to obey, to follow, that makes no sense. And I have to do it. Now, am I going to do it the first time? No. Am I going to do it the second time? Can't say that. The fifth time? The 20th time? The 100th time? I don't know. I, I can't say when it's ever going to make sense. I, I can't say. I can't say. I don't know what that thing's going to be for you. 
one of the one of the early tests for me was uh, going to my mother's grave and writing a letter saying I forgive you. That now I I may have written the letter. I may have said I forgive you. Um, I can't necessarily say that it worked. Okay, because I I wrote that letter and then remember the night I graduated from high school. And I got my diploma, even though I didn't want to be at the graduation. I, the school wasn't going to let me have my diploma if I didn't show up, which is just a bunch of garbage. Why should I be forced to play your reindeer games? But that's a whole different story. And then I took that, drove straight to the cemetery, Buffalo Gap, climbed over the fence because it was, you know, the cemetery was closed because it's night. And I walked up to the grave and took my high school diploma. And it's like, boom, threw it at the my mother's the headstone to her grave and said, I finished high school. I did it because she wanted me to quit school, didn't want me to even finish it. So that's a whole different story. And But I obviously had not completely forgiven, had I? There was still a little bit of bitterness. There was a little bit of anger. There was still a little bit of like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Um, so, yeah, I still had issues. So uh, it wasn't, but that was that was a river. That was that was the river I had to walk into. And I can think of other issue areas. How was I going to conduct myself as a teenage guy in, in at that time in my life? How did I always handle myself correctly? Oh, no way. No, how I made all kinds of mistakes. I think we've, I think we've all been there. All, all have struggled. And all I can say is if there's still that river that you haven't walked into, you got, you got to go back to it. You got to go back to it and go, man, I've been avoiding obeying this. I've been avoiding following this my whole Christian life. And I think you have to, you have to find a way to walk into it. I, I, th- I think so. We must seek to follow and obey God's word, even if we do not understand it, and even if it seems unreasonable. That's where we'll end our look at day five, scripture number five. I wish it was a better scripture, but there we go. If you think you've got a better scripture to support said principle, by all means, share it either in the Discord channel or email me. I'm going to make sure I'm not missing any other comments. All right. Uh, Okay, here. Someone said uh, it's a very difficult to pull a principle from, yes. And then some, someone said, we must strive to follow God's word even if we do not understand it. And it, it is difficult and may seem unreasonable or undoable. That is good. That is very well said. We must strive to follow God's word even if we do not understand it. And it is difficult and may seem unreasonable or undoable. Yeah. And I think that undo, I like the undoable part because even if we never can completely look, be holy as I'm holy, I'm never going to be able to do that. But I am to seek it and seek to obey it, even I'm never going to accomplish it, which seems unreasonable, right? That seems that seems foolish to me. Be holy as I'm holy. Well, I'll never be that. Strive for it anyway. Okay. Now, one good thing in position, I am as holy, but in practice, I'm never. So there's always this. Times of things that just don't make any sense. So I do like that undoable there. Thank you very much. So there we have it. So think of the the river there as the thing you're called to walk into that doesn't make sense, seems unreasonable, seems undoable, but you're called to walk into it. And 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 you're almost certain that, uh, well, this is not going to go well, but you're still called to do it.
All right. I'm waiting to see if there's any more comments. That's 43 minutes. I, I was trying to keep these closer to 30, but this one took a, took a while to, to work it out. It really took a while for my mind to kind of catch up to it because I'm like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I can kind of use this as, a, as an allegory. I'm not saying that this was written as a, I hate typology because it almost treats it like this was the reason the text was written. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I think you can pull kind of an illustration from it. Not saying that's the, pur- the purpose. It's a historical narrative. This was done to show Israel that God was with Joshua like he was with Moses. The text tells you the purpose of the story. But for me, I can at least look at it and go, I can, I can see a similar principle. They were called to do something that didn't seem to make any sense. And God's word constantly tells me to do that, which does, doesn't seem to make any sense. All right, I'm going to stop. I don't know how, how many live broadcasts we're going to do today. Um, I, I, I did, well... It, last night was Thursday, so I was up all night listening to music. So um, that's what I was doing. So I, sometimes when I'm a li- when I haven't slept for 24 hours or 48 hours, however many days it's been now, what I have a tendency to do is uh, I get I get well I, I got some sleep, so I didn't get much. Um, I get I always get nervous because I don't want to uh, put my I don't want to be in a situation where it might, I don't have clarity of thought, all right? So I was super nervous about this one because I'm like, man, I've got to come up with this on the spot, on the spot. But who knows? Probably here shortly, I'll get like, boom, I get a second win. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do five live broadcast. So we will see. We'll see how the rest of the evening goes. There you have it. All right. We're gonna we gotta make a list. We gotta keep track of all of these principles. We've gotta keep keep track of all of these principles and uh, see what we come up with at the end. All right. Thanks to Twyla and Heather and anyone else listening live. I greatly appreciate your, your participation. Always helpful. And uh, we'll stop for now. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for for listening. Someone just said thank you. Um, I hope it was beneficial. I hope it was helpful. I think there. Sometimes some of these I'm just kind of handing to you and you kind of have to maybe do a little bit of work with because um, they probably need a little bit more, you know, actually kind of fleshing the idea out and really kind of working it out to make sure that we haven't messed anything up. But I think there's plenty there for you to meditate on and work on and discuss. Yeah, by always mean, by all means, discuss these principles. Even if it's, I don't agree with yours. That's perfectly okay. I would love to see what you come up with. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right, everyone have a great rest of your Friday afternoon. We'll see what the rest of the day presents itself and we'll see what we can get accomplished. Thanks for listening. God bless.